If you're an attorney that struggles with getting home in time for dinner or taking a vacation without your cell phone and your laptop attached to your hip, or maybe you just can't figure out why you don't make more money based on your education level and the service that you give to your clients. Maybe you're an attorney who wonders, why can't my law firm operate without my constant presence? Or finally, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I wonder if I can ever retire from my firm. Maybe I'm going to have to work right to my dying day, like so many other attorneys before me have done. Well, hi, my name is Richard James, and I created EA Nation so that you could learn how to build a law firm that supports your lifestyle as compared to undermining your lifestyle. EA Nation stands for Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation, and we join together with other like-minded entrepreneurial attorneys to unpack the secrets to how to do just that. And I want to help you build your law firm better one system at a time. So without further ado, let's get started with this next episode. So if you are uh, a part of EA Nation, you're here, right? You're here because you believe that your law firm is a business and you want to learn business principles to take your firm to the next level. And a lot of these things are things that were not taught in law school. And during this interview today, you're in for a real special treat. But just in case you're watching this after this happened live and you're on YouTube or you're on some other channel, you know, we can't go through one of these scenarios anymore without saying, hey, please like, please subscribe. Hey, listen, you know the drill, right? You know, if you like the content, you know how to let us know you like the content by commenting, liking, and subscribing so that it, Google and all those other algorithms can see that you like it and we can continue to pass the word out there through the community. But today you're in for a special treat in that we have uh, not only an attorney, one of you, one of your fraternity, uh, but we, he's also a member of Partners Club and, and he's actually a member of the highest level of Partners Club um, called the Freedom Group. Uh, and so he, not only is he all of those things, but I consider him a good friend and we are business partners together. Uh, and his name is Bert Diener and he's the owner of a company called Four Eyes. So Bert, uh, before we get started, I know you've got some slides you wanna share with us today. We're gonna to be talking about how to you know, automate client generation and all sorts of other machine building concepts that you've perfected through the years. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself so they know who you are and what your backstory is. Yeah, so um, like most people here, I, you know, I'm a lawyer, uh, but I no longer practice. I have the luxury of not practicing anymore. Um, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Although we did recently open an office here for the last couple of years, I hadn't had an office within a couple hours of me. But um, I started out, you know, as a struggling lawyer. I, 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 Lord knows, I was working hard. Um, I didn't have the answers in terms of how to make, you know, consistently grow and fill in the gaps in my knowledge. And I stumbled across Richard James. So, uh, you know, I, I signed up, I, I found you on Facebook or Facebook found me and uh, I reached out and, um, you know, the very first event that I could have made, I didn't have the money to even get to the event. So I actually, it was, a, I missed the very first partners club. Uh, I actually signed up like two days beforehand or one day beforehand. And, uh, but I came to the second one and ever since then, you know, it's, it's been part of my, uh, my, uh, my, my routine and, um, you know, in the building blocks that you shared and we have the opportunity to try to kind of, you know, add on and, and bulk up, um, has allowed me to kind of, um, at least kind of have the lifestyle that I wanted. I always wanted. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, right? So 
Um, you, you always credit me for taking the complicated and making it simple. And I, I credit for you of taking all the things that I said and automating it, right? So, so you've built this automation system and that automation system was really what paved the way for you to have a seven figure law firm that you don't have to be at any longer to have it run. Like how many hours a week do you think you invest in your law firm running it these days? Oh, it's, um, less than two hours a week. Right. And that's and that's because we have the systems that run the law firm and the people that run the systems. Is that right? That's exactly right. It's it, it's it's true. Uh, and so in there, we can start in a lot of different places because you and I have been through this enough to know that, you know, there's 26 people on the call right now. There might be 50 people on before we're done. And each one of them are going to be at a different place in their business right. right now, right? Something's going on for them right now that they are likely struggling with in their practice. But I think you're going to walk us down maybe the from the level of importance of what you see as the first things they should focus on. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Basically the foundations, you know, as you've kind of bring to everybody's attention and probably trying to give some different context in terms of what we see, since we have the luxury of working in, you know, I've, you know, studied, you know, the, the systems and the data of hundreds of law firms now and the patterns that we've seen. So what you've, what you've preached, uh, we've seen, and um, it, it's, it's kind of neat because you see that discomfort and the pain that a lot of people go through. And it's fun to see people kind of realize that they can kind of, um, that they can grow beyond that. And it doesn't have to be that hard and they can be more control over uh, what I, you know, I think their future. Well, and that you bring up a really interesting point, Bert. So imagine if you had the ability, the natural God-given ability to see the future before it happened, mm -hmm. how wealthy and successful you would be, right? Right. And and what when what you've been able to do by harvesting data from hundreds of law firms that you've worked with now you've been able to identify what works and what doesn't work even down to practice area and geographically so when people say well my business is different because you can go well yeah but kind of i already know what you how your business is different right because right. you have the data to support all this correct absolutely and uh, you know to me it's I mean, it's good because then we know that it's we make it more complicated than it needs to be uh, but it's not, it, it may be simple to explain, but sometimes a little tougher to do, but, but we know that it's been done beforehand. It can continue to be done. What probably needs to change is some of the stories that we're telling ourselves. We as lawyers, we're really good at manufacturing stories or rationale or logic to justify our circumstances. And oftentimes those stories we're telling ourselves are, may not be as accurate as we think they are. Yeah, great. I love it. Um, uh, so, well, what was my grandfather said, right? There's what uh, we want to be happening in our business. We what right. th what there's we think is happening in our business, and what is actually happening in our business, right? Right. And we we tell we tend to tell ourselves an awful lot of stories about what we want to be happening in our business, but it oftentimes does not match with what's really happening in our business. So, why don't you? I think you may have some slides. Why don't you do. go ahead and walk us down that path, and you I'll let you drive, and I'll add where I feel I can add some value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always rich, always rich. So, um, you know, so you know, once again, just kind of as a little bit of an intro uh, to everybody here. Uh, look, you know, there have been times I have disagreed with Rich, but that those didn't last very long. And I realized he was right. Um, and I say that not just to be humble, because a lot of things I'm going to repeat, you will have heard him say, and maybe even myself at some point or another, repeating it again. But, you know, I, one of the biggest keys that I see in terms of, you know, as, as lawyers continue to escape, you know, let's say to freedom, 
what comes with that is humility. Um, it's the humility to basically know that, look, that we don't, it's, it's less important that we have all the answers and more important that we're willing to be open and acknowledge what's true, what's, a, what, what's real, so we can apply the changes that are needed to get there to the next level. Now, um, what I have right here is kind of a growth framework, but I'm actually not going to get into it. I'll briefly touch on these nine steps. But the, the fascinating thing, much like all of y'all, right? So, you know, we're all lawyers, we all run law firms. Um, and I have moments where I have to, I get pushed back into another setting. I'm like, holy cow, I thought I escaped this. And then I remember something and then boom, I'm right back out of it. And so I think that that's the one thing that all the other, like we have a lot of friends on here, a lot of familiar faces that there are some things like, you know, uh, that, you know, that we see across these firms that we just need to be reminded. And so I'm glad to see these familiar faces. Let's start off with the first stage perspective. All right. So perspective in and of itself is a one, you know, number one, the most important thing. If you're going to try to scale yourself out of a job or create enough leverage so that you have more freedom, more flexibility, you can write a check to make any problem go away. You better have the right perspective. And so the perspective component that we have on here when Rich teaches us originally, and some of y'all may not actually be in Partners Club, but ultimately we need to kind of get down to a handful of numbers. And so if we can focus just on a handful of numbers, we can escape to allow or give ourselves permission to graduate to the next level. And so what Rich has is, I'm just gonna go ahead and skip over to one. I'm not gonna stay here very long. You know, Rich has uh, what he calls the PCLC. Right. Sometimes people call it a pipeline and we have sometimes people will just say, what's my number of qualified leads, the sets, the shows and hires. Now, the point that I want to kind of bring here is, is that what happens that we see with people is that people get this PCLC or they get these pipeline numbers, but they forget to go back to them. And in those numbers is the truth. Oftentimes when we're trying to, uh, what we do, um, there are many little things that stack up together that will equal a result. And most of us, we tend to say, all right, what's the one thing that's causing this result? And that's garbage. It's a bunch of little pieces. And so this is where the humility, this is where we need to be paying attention. This is where we need to be asking a better quality question in terms of unpacking those numbers. But the simplicity standpoint, for those of you all who have not kind of uh, been along this ride beforehand. You know, our goal is to, we want to count, you know, the number of leads and of those leads, the number that can actually hire your firm. And of those, you know, what is your process for basically setting appointments? Are we good at that? Are we black belts at setting appointments? This 50% set rate right here is a normal set rate for somebody who is not a student. All right. Qualifieds, you know, depending on whether or not somebody can hire you coming in here, you talk about levers that you can pull right from day one, your ability to set appointments and owning that is exceptionally important. And let me give you a distinction right now. Because we get to measure numbers across firms, we realize there's a different set rate for first-time callers as they are for second-time callers. There's a different set rate for somebody who's calling in or a different set rate for when you're actually calling out to somebody. What this number is, is this is an average of every time we have a conversation with somebody, how likely are they to book that appointment? So the point that I'm gonna uh, basically mention to people is we think at times that, oh, my PCLC is great. I know I have plenty of leads. I know my people are trained in the phones. I know I'm great in the consult room. Please remain humble when it comes to these numbers. In these numbers, this is your Rosetta Stone. 
these numbers will tell you what needs to happen if you ask the right question. Okay, so if we're going over here, the very first stage, this perspective, if you are running east, you are never going to catch the sunset, right? Oftentimes, people skip this perspective, how we're supposed to look at it, and they go straight to what's the software I need? Or I've got a great, I got a great person on the phone, or I got a great person in the consult room. You know what? People come and go. So do their skill sets, so does their engagement. The feedback we always need is this, pers is this perspective. Now, the reason why when we kind of coined this, we started talking about this is we wanted to talk about what does it take to get freedom? Well, freedom, at least for me, from my perspective, in terms of that first uh, notch, is, is that I, made, I need to have a predictable, consistent, and increasing ability to generate clients. If you're always worried about how you're going to get your clients, if it's going to fall off, you're going to be consumed with anxiety. You're going to focus too much of your resources on the wrong thing. So this, uh, this, this bucket number two, this step number two, in terms of the perspective, what you're doing is you're trying to create a faucet. You're trying to create some type of spigot that you can, that you can generate clients on demand. And the more, so, Bert, if I can, yes, sir, please. I, yes, sir. So, so look, I, let me, uh, let's, let's chat about it for a second. <laughs> I'll go ahead and stop sharing real quick. Yeah. Thank so, uh, okay. I love what you just said. So first and foremost, this perspective thing, uh, if, again, if you're new around here and you don't even know what Bert's talking about with leads or sets or shows, you know, this is a, this is a fundamental core teaching of what we talk about, what he said, the perfect client life cycle. What's really important is, if you don't know how many leads you have and how many of those turn into appointments and how many of those show up, it's okay, but it's just giving you the proper perspective, right? That's a perspective that like, you don't have this information, right, Bert? Right, absolutely. That, that grounds them in, okay, I got to start with how do I get this information? Right. Um, and so, you know, when you and I first met, you didn't really have that information, did you? I not, not even close. <laughs> but and you I knew what was many, in my bank account and what wasn't, but that was I knew that. But how many offices did you have? Uh, then I actually had seven offices, believe it or not. Right. So, like most attorneys that I meet, like we had a we had an attorney we talked with yesterday, and they're like, "Oh, I want," or no, it wasn't yesterday; it was last week. And they're like, "I want, um, I want my what's the success for you?" And they're like, "Oh, I want five offices." Okay, well, why do you want five offices? Well, because I want to, you know, I want a market domination. Well, how do you know that five offices are going to be market domination? Well, I've got three offices now and we're growing and we're dominating the market. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So let's talk about profit, like top side numbers for vanity, bottom side numbers for sanity. Um, how much of that, you know, X number of dollars are you keeping? And they're like, oh, well, we're really not worried about profit right now. We're worried about growth, right? And so th the reason why that happens is because they don't have the proper perspective to your point, right? right? They don't have the data to even be making good decisions to determine why they should do this because growing and gaining your freedom, would you agree only comes from developing profit while you grow, correct? Absolutely, right. absolutely. All right, so the second thing that you, you talked about uh, as you were moving through your process was this idea that, um, you now have to say, okay, I'm going to move into being that investor. Right. Um, but, but, you know, they, they may not even recognize, like, when you say, well, I already have a good phone person, or I already have a good person in the consult room, or I already have a lead funnel. I would tell you that 
when you when you find a, a new law firm or that you're working with for the first time, it's been my experience. Tell me if it's yours, right. that when you ask them, well, how am I going to grow my firm? They usually fall into the, well, I just have to get more leads. I have to do more marketing. I have to be better at all of this uh, lead generation, or I need a billboard, or I need a better website, or whatever, fill in the blank, right? Right. They don't usually think about the under the hood stuff they could fix that can get them more clients. Do you find that to be true when you first meet with people? Yeah, it's almost universal. It's almost, you know, everybody thinks that they, they don't, they're, they're one lead source away from freedom. Correct. Everybody thinks if they could just find that one lead source. And the truth is, it's not finding that one lead source that sets them free. It's learning how to build a machine that right. converts all lead sources that ultimately gain their freedom. Now, that machine could be software or it could be people, but whatever it is, it's automation that doesn't require the owner to actually do it. That's how you're going to gain freedom, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. you're Good. That was just a clarifying point yeah. I want to make. Back to I, you. You're, yeah, no, no but that, that was kind of like the perfect segue. So, you know, we have a couple of different ways of kind of saying the very same thing, at least, in, at least from my perspective. This worker to investor really is, is that that's what we're doing. It's we're all building a machine. Yeah, I love and, it. And, and sometimes people are like, well, that just sounds complicated. I don't have a machine. I don't have that. No, no, no. Follow me on this. A machine basically does work when you're not there. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. How can it continue on without you? And, 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 there's, and there's a stacking component to this. So um, this, this GPS is that it's possible. And I will tell you this perspective once again. This is where you know, we're going to graduate here to the next level here. But most firms really don't actually have a concrete goal. They're not focused on, they haven't given themselves a number that they have to like hit. Like if, you, if I pick a number and I can know where I'm at currently, I can find a way to bridge the gap. So in the perspective, if we have the right perspective, and I'm trying to, there we go. If we have the right perspective, uh, we'll realize it's not as complicated as we need it to be. We'll realize what we're actually doing is we're trying to put a, something in process that can continue without us. And third, we almost give ourselves permission to reach the destination. Now, what do you like as a destination for a number? Do you, like if so, if a law firm is is um, saying, "Okay, Bert, I buy it. I need to have a goal." But like, what should my goal be? You know, should I should it be number of new clients? Should it be dollars of revenue? Uh, should it be number of leads? Like, what do you want them to set as a goal? Yeah. So, I mean, so at the end of the day. Um, you know, according, you know, looking at the PCLC or a pipeline number, uh, we, we, we have to look at the end result, right? Hires, in my opinion, if we're looking at how do we basically get to a certain number of hires, there's a bunch of ways you can skin that cat. And to be clear, number of hires means number of new clients retained. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, that's, you know, we, we need to keep it clear because the good news when you're working with some of these numbers, and if you have the right perspective, if something isn't working, look, there's another way to get there. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of this whole, like what you teach, Rich, is, is that there's a dozen or a couple dozen different ways that you can get there. You don't have to do everything perfect. We just need to make sure that when we're making progress, we, we, we can at least observe if we're going backwards. Right. And most people, because they don't know where they're at, much less where they're going, they're just, they're just drifting around. And so if we have the right perspective, if we're clear in terms of, of where we're at, where we're going, and what we're building, now we get to the fun stuff. Well, and that's a great point. So like you said, you know, if you, if you can't properly identify where you're at, 
It's very, very difficult to point out where you want to go, right? So if the only metric you have to go by from where you're at is how much gross revenue you did, and you only see that every quarter when your accountant gives you your P&L, right? And that's the only metric you have. You don't have the proper perspective. So having the proper perspective grounds you in where you're at. And then it allows you to then decide, okay, this is where I want to go. And like you said, picking the number of new clients, the number of new hires for your firm as a goal is a pretty good goal because it you can get there a number of different ways, depending Absolutely. on what part of their perspective is broken. Agreed? Right. Absolutely. Cool. So, so for you all who are a little bit more senior in here, I'm going to challenge you to one parting kind of concept to this is that sometimes many of y'all who are here, you all have set goals. Look, I'm going to get to this number and you have a history of hitting this track, this number. What we need to do is what you can do. What I, what I offer is, is that some of you all probably need to start replacing yourself in some capacity. How many hires do you need to have? So you get to have this much more freedom, mm-hmm. setting the goal and connecting that to your freedom what is the piece, the person, or some other component? Now it's like, all right, I've done here, I've done this. I'm going to slide this here, and now you're you're playing a more dynamic. But that is a scalable game. It's no longer about running up the scoreboard. It's about buying your time back from you. But your 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 machine is what's going to do that for you. Yeah. By the way, for those of you that that just joined. Um, we are, we're talking with a Partners Club member uh, and Freedom Group member, attorney Bert Diener. Uh, he's the owner of foureyes.com, uh, a good friend of mine, as well as a partner of mine in business. I'm a shareholder in Four Eyes. And Bert has basically taken everything that I've taught through the years and built software around automating it. So he's been able to create an environment for himself where he's taken his firm uh, to a profitable north of seven-figure business, and he can create his own freedom so he doesn't have to work in his law firm but a couple hours a week, even though it's growing in size consistency. So we're talking with him today about this, this formula that he has, this vision that he has of the path that you take as you go from where you are now to where you ultimately want to be, which is freedom. And what you just said, Bert, was great. You identified that... Um, you know, when you're setting a goal, uh, if you if what you really want is your freedom, and in order to gain your freedom, you're going to need to bring another associate on or another paralegal on or somebody that's going to be in the consult room on, then you need to be able to generate enough revenue to be able to afford to do that. And that revenue is going to come from number of hires. So your question was very clear, clarifying. How many new hires do you need to bring on? for you to be able to give yourself the reward and replace yourself in a particular role in your business so that you can gain your freedom. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, I think, I think, I think what we did is we just, we just brought uh, Blaine into the conversation with he's not here. That'd be like, all right, how do we have a reward with what yeah. you're trying to do? So this is the fruit of a Friday, our Friday morning. Well, what is your reward, Charles, for hitting your goal there? Right now, now we're over here trying to do that. So, but it's, but it's fair to say, like I've worked with attorneys now for 12 years. You, you are one and you've been through the process. It's fair to say that you you all weren't raised in law school and mentoring to think about your your life this way and rewards and punishments and leverage and setting goals and getting yourself free. I mean, that was never taught, right? You were taught be really, really, really good at what you do 
Uh, if you be really good at what you do, the world will find you and then make sure everything you do is above ground and ethical and work really hard and work. Hey, if you're, you chose to be an attorney, working 78 hours a week is what you signed up for. Just suck it up, buttercup. That's what you kind of have to do. Nobody ever talks about in law school. Listen, if you do this, you can finally find your way to freedom and you can have oversight in your firm and provide excellent service for your clients, uh, but you won't have to actually do all the work all the time. Like that, that conversation never happens, right? Right. No, it's, you know, I think that you did it, you just kind of identified, Rich, is, is that we all have to acknowledge that there's a old way of how things were done. And then there's the new way. And some people who were brought up or grew up in the old way are not willing to buy into the new way. And those of us who are all here, I think we've all acknowledged that, listen, it's a, basically you have to adapt. I mean, survival of the fittest is not about the smartest, the strongest, it's about the most adaptable. Yeah. And so that's what we're here for. Good, great. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you from your from your map that you're sharing with us. No, no, path. no. You're uh, that, that's that, look. I, I, you know, once again, you clarify what I'm saying, which is always which is always fantastic. Well, I just say it in a way that works for me, and I don't. And hopefully, it, what I said works for me. They understood, and hopefully, some people understood what the way you said it, so that they got it. Uh, really, you are my. You and I both have the same goal here. We we want those who want to get it to get it. To be able to say it in a way that they get it. For, for those who don't want to get it, well, my grandfather used to say, you can't push a rope, right? Right. We're not going to convince them to want to get it. What we're trying to do is say this enough different ways so that those who really are trying to get it, we meet them where they're at right now. And, they, and a light bulb goes off and they go, okay, I got it. I need to get perspective. I need to build a machine with this goal of getting how many clients so that I can ultimately gain my freedom. Then where do they, where do they go from there? I mean, you want to take them down this connecting the dots or do you want to go somewhere else? Right. Yeah. So what, what I'd like to do is, is just make a kind of a brief introduction to the system stage because Richard James is all about building systems and having people run your systems. But before we uh, kind of, um, you know, I kind of just dive into the one because there, there, there's a couple of main points that I just want to reiterate to people, because once again, you've heard it beforehand. But my question is, is are we doing it? Because they are must do's. They're not should do's. They're absolute must do's. But, you know, in the 1800s, in the middle 1800s, a guy by the name of John Patterson was born. And John Patterson went to Dartmouth. He came home, moved to Ohio, moved to a mining town. He started a store in a mining town. And when he started that store, uh, there was a good flow of clients coming in and he recognized after a period of time, he was losing money. You know, they just had till boxes back then. There's no way to monitor a till box. So he saw an ad in a newspaper for this, the, the very first cash registers. So he bought two cash registers, uh, one for $50 a piece. And when he bought the cash registers, he put them into the store. And within six months, he made the equivalency of $100,000 in profit over the same period of time. <laughs> So once he did that, he got his brother and they went and bought the rights. And he's actually turned that into NCR, National Cash Register, you know, company. And so NCR became a big company. Now, the point being is, is that all he did is, is that he started tracking all the money that was going in and out. So each one of us, our firms, our systems that we have coming in, we basically have, these are, this, that is our cash register, you know, our staff members, you know, these are marketing, all of these points are the money that's going into the bank. And if we're not counting it or so, our firms are a till box and everybody gets to take out precisely what they want whenever they want, because there is zero accountability. That's so from well said, yes, sir. I mean, I, I mean, I was raised by my grandfather, you know, I had a poor grandfather and a rich grandfather and, and the poor grandfather thought money made you bad. And the rich grandfather thought that money paid, made good people bad or bad, sorry, bad people worse and good people better. 
And but the but even though the rich grandfather, you know, watched every nickel, the way he watched it was what he had two cigar boxes. And he had his bills in one cigar box and his cash in the other cigar box. And when he was when the bills were empty, whatever was left in the cash was kind of his, right? That's how he somewhat operated. And he didn't have, and in and, and large part because there were no softwares and we weren't a retail organization. So cash registers didn't seem to make sense. And he didn't have something that made sense. And so, you know, a literal cash register in a law firm doesn't make sense for different reasons because it does not appropriate. But what you're talking about is you've built a, a system right. that replaces this cash register that fixed the retail operation. The law firm needs a cash register. My grandfather needed a cash register. Uh, and that's what I recognized when I started putting software in place, even back in the funeral business, back in the early 1990s. So- right. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. I don't know that I've had anybody heard heard anybody use it before, and I, I I'm going to borrow it. So <laughs> I thought that was that's great. Well, I thought we had an original problem that we had solved, and I realized you know 150 or 170 years ago they actually solved this problem, and uh, you know if I was just late to the game to try to adapt it. Now the um, in terms of this system stage, so the name of the the name of the game for the system is in essence we are trying to connect the very first time somebody raises their hand to in theory the money going into the bank and finding out where the leaks are, okay? So we know that the blind spot component, uh, whether or not people, we all think that our phones are perfect, even my phones, as many people as I have on them, look, the phones, number one, are probably the single biggest hole in all of our firms, even me and as much time and resources I have. That's the inbound phones and the outbound phones. Right. And so if we connect the dots between the phones, we know Rich has always taught us to basically measure our marketing. We need to know from our marketing standpoint, you know, what's working and what's not. And it's real simple. Double down on what's working and stop what's not. And uh, this other kind of component, when you're stacking the system, part of the reason why the, the PCLC makes so much sense in your pipeline numbers is that we all have an infinite number of things to do. We must always go back and try to figure out where's the 80-20 in this. So the PCLC, when you connect the system together, you'll find out, you should be able to find out by looking at those numbers. And if, and if, and if you can't, there's plenty of help in this community, or you can message me or, or whatever, to whatever extent I can help, is we'll identify, it's, you cannot, and this is part of the skill that the owner or the manager needs to basically acquire in, in order to deserve and earn their freedom, is we've got to identify where those 80-20 is, and so we can turn you know, turn the tables and get the resources or get the benefit that you've kind of worked so hard for. So this system stage, number one, when you build it, some people make the mistake of thinking I built it, now I'm done. And that's not, that's not the case. Systems are like farms. We have to basically, we have to weed them. We have to patch them, but you will reap. And sometimes in the initial stages, when you're building things, when you're building a system, people are like, where's the benefit? Where's the benefit? Well, this, we have to follow the rule of the farm right? You may, have, you, may, you may have planted in spring and you have to put the work in summer. The fall will come, but we can't rush certain things. You've got to put it in place. And remember, the name of the game is basically freedom for it to function without you. Without a system, talent basically kind of dissolves. It falls apart. And so this system stage in terms of connecting those dots and identifying the blind spots, um, I, I can't point enough because at the end of the day, people will come and go, but that system will remain. Now, the system, by the way, Bert, can also reveal to somebody that, you know, the, the whole point of getting perspective and connecting the dots is to be able to reveal to somebody that um, what's broken, right? So right. 
is, is it that you, your phones are broken? Is it that people aren't showing up? Is it that we're not retaining the firm? Is it that you're not getting paid or not getting, or not charging enough? But also um, I think it'd be fit. We, we'd be doing it a disservice if we didn't say that the system also reveals if you're not giving it enough gas. Oh my gosh. So if you put a system in place and and your business works solely on referrals and you only get two calls a week and you don't do any advertising and you're proud of that um, and you're not generating leads in any other way, then you're, the system, no matter how good your system is, it can't, it's not going to, it's not going to manufacture like out of ether. It's not alchemy, right? right? We don't, we don't create clients out of ether. So, um, we need to make sure we're adding gas to this machine, but, right. but having the machine is what allows you to know whether different lead sources are working. So in, in many ways, it's, it's an insurance policy to know, okay, if I go invest in this marketing campaign to generate leads, because I have this machine, it'll tell me if it's working or not. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. I mean, when you said, you know, in terms of feeding the machine, uh, you know, that could be obviously leads, but it could also be your team. Right. Are we basically taking care of our team that's doing things? Mm -hmm. The machine offers the feedback. I mean, so if you think about these three points, the perspective, the system stage, and the leverage stage, which we're going to talk about in a second. And when you're kind of feeling lost, like, oh my gosh, all right, so all right, I got to regroup now. You go back to the perspective. We do a system check. And so how can I create more leverage? That's why these three simple points, it really is like wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi. You know, that's, that's the name of the game. So let's give, them, let's give them an example. So let's take them to one of your moments in that. Let's go back to the law firm days when you, you were working in it. Uh, I remember a story specifically. Let's go to collections, right? right. So, so get that, there's a scenario where you thought everything was working, right? And then, you, you, then there was a cash flow leak and you identified that, that it was collections that was the issue. Walk, walk them through that journey a little bit. Like, what did it look like to get the right perspective? Right. And then because you had the right perspective, how could you go fix the machine right. and, and coach the people up so that they could run the machine properly and you know get all the weeds out and grease the gears and everything right. and then reap the benefits? And what did that journey look like for you? Right, so it, I would probably draw the parallel to the perspective. First, when you taught on plan, off plan. Right. Yeah. So we actually went back and we calculated those numbers. We used QuickBooks and we realized our on plan was only close to 25%. Mm -hmm. Now, in the immigration world, you tend to have tight uh, um, uh, collection practices because our clients back then, especially, were paying cash. Right. So I had the perspective like, all right, Bert, you are way off target here. So we got to focus on this until we get it fixed. From the system stage, you taught, look, we got to call the day before a payment's due. And then after the payment, we have to call to congratulate them, thank them for a payment or remind them from there. So we had basically that done on telephone that we had to built up so we could follow up. And we had real-time metrics in terms of on plan and off plan. So we knew where we were at. We knew the goal was to get to 75%. We executed on what we had done. And between, between those two points, the pendulum swinging would be an understatement going from borderline making payroll to, oh my gosh, there's money in the bank afterwards. What do you even do now? Um, you talk about, that was the first taste of freedom. I think I really honestly had. Yeah. Well, but see, that's the point right there, right? You, 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 you were smart enough to humble enough to gain perspective of what, what the, what was the truth was, right? Right. Right. 
So you put your law degree aside and you said, okay, I know I'm intelligent. I know I had, I know I had to be a certain level of intelligence to get here. I know, I know I'm positioned in the society that I'm above most people in the hierarchy of things, but I'm going to put that aside. And I'm going to say, this is the one thing I don't happen to know a lot about inside my firm. So I'm going to gain perspective. I got it. Now I'm going to go and we're going to identify the system that we have to put in place and I'm going to lead my people towards it. So exactly what you were saying, like, how are you supporting the people that are feeding the machine, that are running the machine, right? Absolutely. And so I led my people towards it and we, to your GPS, you set a goal. Okay. We wanted to get to 75%. And, And then from there you said, okay, once we did that, let's see what happens. And it was so rapid. It was almost impossible to believe how fast it happened because you put those three things together and you went from, you know, week one, barely making payroll to week two, cash in the bank because you went from 25% on plan to 75% on plan. That journey is the same for everybody in every facet of this thing we're talking about. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's not just collections, it's client generation, it's everything. Correct. So it goes back to what is the system? Let's measure where we are. Where do we want to be? Let's get creative. How do we do it? And how do we keep it going? I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. Sorry. I took you off track. No, it's, I mean, look, I mean, this is, I mean, and, and even, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm benefiting just by repeating this stuff right now. Um, y'all, I mean, here, I mean, just me saying this stuff, I'm getting excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back and check this now. You know, it's like, you know, the, when you get a meeting, the beautiful thing is, is that when we're doing all of these, these particular points. The feedback that we're getting, we obviously know it's going into our pocket. So, but we get this, I mean, you talk about your baby and, and seeing it grow and like, oh my gosh, I don't have to struggle as much as I was. Oh, that, that was the right move. Oh my gosh, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. We can, we can afford to abandon humility for a few minutes. And, and kind of just bask in our successes. Yeah, but, as, we, uh, as we should, because grandma always told me, look at Richie, you chose to be an entrepreneur. Nobody's going to pat you on the back. So you better get really good at going like this every now and then and patting yourself on the back, right? And yeah, we because that's the reality. I mean, this is why Partners Club was created because I wanted a place where everybody else would help pat each other on the back because as an entrepreneur, it's a very lonely place. But look, man, I'm taking notes too, right? So it's not just you. Like I, I come up with, as we do, this i come up with ideas like yeah they're the same clicks on the dial but i'm writing things down and whether i'm getting a new story or i'm reminding myself of oh that's right i wanted to run that number that i didn't run a special report on it happened that's the game that's what we're in that's that's the game of being a small business owner like i've been saying this for 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 so long now like I don't know about all of you, but I didn't get, you know, Bert's the exception. Like Bert, Bert thinks big. He, want, he wants to be a big business owner in, in the way that he wants, he wants to have no limitations on his company. And, and I get that. Uh, but I'm always going to be like, I know in my head, I, I'm born to be a small business owner. This is kind of what I do. It's what I'm comfortable with. I'm okay with investing with people <laughs> who want to be a big business owner. I'm cool with that. I'll take my profit and give it to people like Bert and say, go run with it. But, but as me, my business, I'm, I'm going to own a small business. And most of you on this call are going to own a small business, which means you're going to have less than a hundred employees and you're going to do less than $50 million and, you know, small business. And, and you're going to have to, you're going to be the, the, the person on the white horse, the white knight on the white horse that you're going to gallop into town and you're going to lead your people and you're going to identify what's going on. And the reason why you want to learn this is because if you can learn this and you can get passionate about it and you can lead your people to build the right system, then then it leads to your freedom. And, and you, you, you do need to do it 
even when you're free, because your people need to see that you're still capable of doing it. And But as a small business owner, this is the game. You're always a student. You're always aware. You're always looking for ideas. You're always staying plugged in. There are some of you on this call that have heard us say this thing like 50 times. I know. I, I can see Charles Laputka. Like, you're there. But, you, but I know you've heard this before, right? But you're here because you're a student. You're like, can I pick up one thing that's going to take me to the next level? You know, Bert's on this call because as much as it's giving back to you, it's helping him. I'm doing this because this is what gets me going every single month to make sure that I'm moving towards my goals, right? That's why we're here, right? That's why we do this. Sorry for geeking out on you for a second there, but this is why we do what we do. We are small business owners. This is our responsibility to be plugged in, to be on point, to give ourselves some time to think, to be around other people who are going to give us a pat on the back and say, good job and celebrate and then go back and get into the fight. That's right. That's what we're that's what we're doing. And if we do all this right, the the side benefit is we get we build a firm that serves really just provides excellent level of service to clients and really change their lives because many of you do God's work as you know what I how I feel about that. And and then you also get to make some money and gain your freedom along the way. It is a win 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 situation. I just need you to stay plugged in. So that's my commercial. Sorry. Go ahead back to you. No, absolutely. Look, I mean it's uh you know, it's true. I mean, so, you know, so the goal of like this conversation, what I said beforehand in terms of, you know, you know, building this client generation machine, you know, how do we basically the three critical stages in terms of achieving basically freedom and then, you know, kind of learning what to prioritize. So this, you know, this whole kind of like this whole kind of leverage con concept, right? If we have a big enough lever, we can move, move anything, including the world. Yeah. You know, this leverage is kind of at the, at the top stage of, of what we're looking at in terms of creating freedom, right? So the more leverage you have, the more, more choices you have. And so the better you're able to market, the better you're able to build a team and the, and, and the process of you actually replacing yourself, you know, kind of is at this level. So you are always going back to the perspective. We're always checking in on the system and making sure that it's working. And we kind of, we make some tweaks and we keep it moving. The leverage stage to me is probably the most nuanced stage. And the nuance stage is, is that because marketing is a moving target, you've got to find a way that you're making solid marketing decisions or staying on track. Uh, it's just it's just never the same. It's it's close, but it's never the same. The staffing the staffing component there, your ability to identify smart people who make excellent decisions in your absence, is probably one of the core things that I might challenge to everybody here. You may not be at a point where you're going to replace yourself. You may have a fractional or a vendor who's doing that, but you're always looking for somebody. The only, you only get to exhale when you know somebody else has got it and the quality of their decisions or their judgment is as good or at times better than yours. So we have to identify and figure out who those individuals are. And when we do that, you get to graduate to this step nine where you can say, all right, what component can I put on them? Now, you don't abdicate. We don't give up anything. We basically, we give them that responsibility and we still have to have the numbers to make sure looking over their shoulder. Rich used to, I think Rich told us, Rich, you told us the story uh, way back in the day that you talked about the old movies about the, the I, it was something about somebody would bring a stack of reports to the person sitting at the desk or something along those lines. You said, you know, that's, that really is the goal. The goal is not to walk away. The goal is to just look at the numbers and say, all right, you're on track. Oh, let me just tap you on the shoulder and give you some feedback. That's real freedom. Anybody who says they just walked away and I have nothing to worry about anything is going to find themselves back in the practice before yeah. long. 
Yeah. So, so it's interesting you build it this way in your, in, in your thought process, the way you're presenting it. And, and like, we can't, we can't get to the systems unless we gain proper perspective and, and set a goal. And we, and we can't start, you know, connecting the dots unless we have the first layer. And then we can't get to the higher level of leverage where, where, you know, nobody knows more about our business than us if we do this right. And so we can't, nobody will know better how to acquire a client than us. Somebody can give us advice, but we ultimately know what our avatar is we, or who our avatar is. We, we typically know what attracts them best. We typically know what message re resonates with them. Um, nobody's going to be able to identify talent that are going to fit the culture better than us. Um, and, and so the, the only way for us to be able to do that is if we're free from the mundane every day. And if we're stuck in the mundane every day, there's no way for us to be the general of our business, right? And so we have to step through this this way. And yes, our ultimate goal, and that's that old black and white movie where you see the, the you know, the, the, the businessman that is sitting at this pristine, clean desk that has not a speck of paper on it. And his assistant brings him the the documents and says, sir, here are your reports for the day. And the, you know, the business owner goes through and reviews the reports and meets with people one at a time and reviews the reports with them and then just gives advice and gives advice. And you get to the point where you get to become an advisor to your business. And that's where you are. And that's where I am 90% of the time. There's 10% of my business I haven't been able to do that with, but 90% of my business I have. And so it's a great place to be because I've done with the regular mundane daily. I've become the, I've been able to use my leverage at the top and I've been able to advise with my level of expertise, but there's no shortcuts to that. Right. You have to go through the first two stages to get to the last stage. Do you agree? Yeah, you have to earn it. I mean, that's the, I think there's a lot of people that are looking for the magic pill that want to write a check to just magically get there. But I think we've all learned that you must earn that leverage. You have to, you, and, and, and to be honest with you, good. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, it's, it's sad that some in our culture that they suggest otherwise. Right. That, well, that, that, and let, let's face it. Like, so, so there are some attorneys on the call that are family law attorneys. They're they're in the, they're in litigation at some level, right. right? And and they know this journey because they had to take it to become an excellent litigator, right? right. Um, and and there are some attorneys on the firm the the call that have more of a transactional based business. And, and they still had to become experts at the, form, the formulation of the transaction in order to make sure they maximize the output for their client. There's nothing, look, success leaves clues. Right. In order to become successful, you can do one of two things. You can find somebody who's successful and do what they did, or you can find a bum at what they're doing and do the opposite, right? Those are two ways to become successful. And so my, my formula has always been, let's find somebody who's successful at what they did and do, and do exactly what they did. And so lawyers, oftentimes be, when they become a lawyer, then they go, about, they go about becoming a master of their particular practice area craft. And, and they were taught that that's enough. The problem is that's a lie. Uh, the lie, it, now I'm not saying, there are some lawyers who will never, ever, ever be interested in creating a business or freedom. We're not talking to those people. We're talking to the people that are here. You're here because you believe that what I'm saying is true. Right. And so what I'm telling you and what Bert's telling you is you have another path you have to take. You, you've become an expert at your practice area of law. 
Now we need you to raise up somebody else who's an, an expert at that practice area so they can get rid of the mundane for you, the daily day. You can still keep your toe in the water if you want to work with clients because you love doing that. But if you want to ultimately get your freedom, you've got to become a master at this business stuff the same way you're a master at your practice area of law. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, everybody's on here. If you haven't identify what is it that you like doing least, you know, challenge yourself. What do I like doing least or I'm the least effective? And how could I, you know, set a target so that I could basically replace myself? Because the, I think freedom really comes down to you at least having the choice. You have the opportunity to make a decision whether you want to do it or not, right? That's all we're trying. That's all we want for ourselves and for others. A lot of people still want to practice. I mean, Jamie Miller still likes meeting with, as successful as he is, he still likes meeting with clients in the consult room. He does. Um, right? So um, it, 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 to have that choice rather than to be forced to is, um, I, I think, is the name of the game. And so regardless to all of us, most of us, I mean, I, I saw the comment from Charles. He said, look, I've heard all this before, but it's still good to hear. You know, I think that, the, you know, because it is the challenge, what we do, right, that we've been around for each other for such a long time is we challenge each other. Yeah. So the challenge so is all interesting, you, sir. If you're new here and you, you have a question, we've got a few minutes left. You can go ahead and put it in the the, the chat if you wanted to, um, and we'll be we'll do our best to answer it for you. Uh, if you have a question you don't want to ask it in the chat and you're new here because attorneys hate to look bad in front of other people and you want to ask it privately, you can send uh, Bert or I an email. Uh, uh, Bert, what email do you want them to use for you? Yeah, Bert at foureyes.com. Bert at -E -R -T. foureyes. Yeah, at .com. and and uh, you can use Richard at the richardjames.com and you can email either one of us and we'll answer your questions for you but for for today i mean really the we want the point we want to get across is there your job as the business owner is to learn this stuff so that you can ultimately gain your freedom nobody nobody will know your business better than you and your business is this structure we have we have looked at this Trust me, if there was a way to do it without doing this, I would have found it, right? I was the student who liked to not have books and to find the shortcuts and to look for the easy path. Like that was my, that was my, you know, um, thing. And when I went to school, I try to use my brain to skip through steps. And if I could have found ways to skip steps in business, I would have, but there's not. If you're going to be a small business owner and you're going to gain your freedom, the steps you have to have is you have to humble yourself to realize you don't have the perspective and then gain the perspective and let it be the truth about your business, meaning the numbers that run your business. And then from there, go about setting a goal. And from there, putting systems in place to tackle the things that are not working and do more of the things that are working. And then from there, leverage up to allow that goal to, to help you replace yourself. And from there, as you replace yourself, use the freedom of time to build more leverage at the top of the funnel so you can be you can add more value to marketing, you can add more value to staff, and you can start achieving more and more of what it is that you want, which will allow you to help more people, allow you to make more money, and allow you to gain your freedom. That's what Bert and I are trying to convince you to do. Now, Bert, you do that through software. If they want to learn more about how to, how to find you or what you do, how could they do that? Yeah, so if you go to foureyes.com, we have uh, we have a questionnaire even to kind of set up some of your target goals. And again, also you'll have an opportunity if you wanted to book a time to basically have a conversation with us. Um, so we try to you know make that easy. Um, so, but Richard, I did have one thing I wanted to kind of throw in there. If you look Please. at like from the perspective stage, the system stage, and the leverage stage, 
I mean, the, I think the big takeaways that we we really have in the perspective stage is really kind of three primary questions that you're trying to ask. Okay. You know, where am I at? Where am I going? And what am I building? Good. Right. The system stage really is what's working and what's not. Mm -hmm. Right. And the leverage stage really kind of comes down to is what do I want to do and what do I not want to do? I want to want to do and not want to do. I love right. it. Because once you, if you answer those questions, it kind of leads you to what you need to do for each one, each one of these levels. And, um, you know, still, I think oftentimes, you know, like what you suggested about, you can only be pulled, right? We, we can't push a rope. You know, if, if, you know, sometimes we all need motivation and we all need to be kind of focused, you know, if you could honestly, you know, give yourself permission, say, what do I want my life to be like? Where is it that I want to feel like? What is it that I really want within these levels you can, and, and, you know, with Rich's help, you know, with the community, you'll do it because it's been done over and over again, but it is a, this, it, it, it's a transformation ultimately for the boss you basically get what you deserve. And so that's where I hope for everybody here. And regardless of whatever my ambitions are, I get just as excited when I see somebody else numbers change as I do my own. Honestly, goodness. Oh, I get, me. I, I yeah, get it's like, so cranked up. Absolutely. I so cranked up when I see somebody else's. And when I, when I hear somebody, you know, set rate went from 50% to 75% because they used the 11 steps or your right. software, it just cranks me up because I know that can like literally change their life. Right. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, you know, a 50% increase in, in where their new client acquisition number is going to be. And, and when I hear people have the courage to think about the right pricing structure and, and, and maybe double their rates or whatever it is that they need to do to get their pricing in the proper place, I, I'm just so excited for them because I know that for the first time, they're going to realize profit. Um, and so, you know, whatever it is, I get... I get so excited. I mean, the reason why I sit down on Mondays and Tuesdays and I hand write out notes to people at that desk um, is because I, I just want, I read through the success stories and I just want to be insp inspired by what it is that you do. But, you know, you, Bert just gave it to you, right? You need to first figure out where you're at and then where you want to go and how are we going to get there? And then you want to figure out what's working and what's not working. And, and then you want to figure out what do you want to be doing and what don't you want to be doing? And if you can take that journey and you can go through that process, give yourself grace, have patience, be profitable along the way, amazing things can happen. I know that if I can do it and if Bert can do it and if other people on this call can do it, that you can do it too. I believe that what one man or woman can do, another man or woman can do. So what we want you to do is go out and build your practice better one system at a time. But Bert, you want to you want final final words before we go? Just you know, I, you know, if, if you could do better, should you? Right? If you could have, if if you could have it, you know, should you? And I think because that's the one thing is we all kind of like, and you know, you have to answer that for yourself. But if you can like have that, should you? And uh, I promise you, if you make the right decision, you'll never regret it. Yeah. Amen. Bert, thank you so much, as always, for being with us and sharing your time, your knowledge, and your passion with us. Uh, for all of you who attended live, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you. I know if it was not for you, there would be no me, and, I, and I'm forever appreciative of you. Thank you to my team for running a successful event. Uh, we'll have this posted onto the platforms uh, as always. So if you're listening to this, be sure to like, subscribe, or comment. We'd love to let you hear from you and to know that we're on the right path. Thanks so much for everybody. Have a Thank great day.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you learned something about a system that you could put into your law firm so you can build that law firm that supports your lifestyle rather than undermine your lifestyle. I hope that you feel like you're part of our community we call Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation. If you'd like to learn more about what we do around here, the best way to get started is to go ahead and go to our website, therichardjames.com. That's therichardjames.com and request a free copy of one of our books so that you can take the next step in learning how we can help you build your practice better one system at a time.